What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. Today on Squawk Pod, Meta making waves. The Facebook parent got its groove back in this quarter's earnings report, and Wall Street is taking notice. Media watcher Rich Greenfield. He just had an air of confidence that was simply missing last quarter. It was an entirely different Mark Zuckerberg, and I think his body language has a lot to do with why the stock is higher today. How the platform's evolving and how we might evolve along with it. You have some positive views vis-a-vis the metaverse. I'm still waiting to sort of understand better. Maybe let me lay down and have a workout while I'm laying down, but I think I'm doing things. I'm with you. That would be good. And Elon Musk's plans for Twitter have Twitter employees up in arms. What they need from him to stay at their desks and whether his playful attitude is too provocative. Harvard Business School's Sadal Neely. Leaders have to model certain types of behaviors. They need to bring predictability. They need to motivate people. Instead, what he's provoking is uncertainty and anxiety. Those stories, plus an update on Archegos, what might be the biggest white-collar prosecution of our time, and calling all Warren Buffett fans. This weekend, you can hear from the Oracle of Omaha himself. The Woodstock of capitalism. It's Thursday, April 28th, 2022, and Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand under by in three, two, one, cue Andrew. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Joe Curtin. It's just the boys this morning. Becky's got the day off. She's going to be bringing us a lot of great interviews and things out in Omaha starting right. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've got a big day ahead of us. You know, I was thinking about April, too, but we're going to try for April. There's a lot that happens in April. Have you th- April 1st, start with April 1st. Then you get the 15th. Then you get 420. And then it's over in 30 days. So we need to think about that as our life flies by. So April's almost done. Okay. You know, there's thir- you, you realize 30 days only, right? I, today's the, we're coming up on it here. <laughs> okay, good. Do your knuckle things. I drive Fords, and, and, and therefore I would never want to. I thought you were getting be, a Telluride. I saw another one, and I don't know, Andrew. I, I'm not sure. They're gorgeous. Your, uh, I saw a cool Kia electric car. That's a cool one that Jason Bateman drives around. Yep, I think that's, that's cool, cool too. Uh, I agree with you. Okay, let's talk Ford quickly. Ford shares are higher. Company uh, posted adjusted earnings of 38 cents, beating estimates by a penny. Net profit was dragged down by a loss of $5.4 billion on the company's 12% stake in Rivian. Rivian stock lost about 52% of its market cap during the first quarter. Ford executives declined to comment on the earnings call on the plan for the Rivian stake. The lockup period for pre-IPO investors on Rivian ends next week, or almost, May, May 8th. It's not quite next week, but it's coming up. Ford reaffirmed its full-year guidance, citing strong vehicle pricing and expectations for production to ramp up throughout the year. And here's what CEO's Jim Farley said on Mad Money last night with Jim. I made great progress on launches. 
you know, we launched on time. That's great for Lightning. Uh, we launched the E-Transit on time. That's great. We still have more work to do on warranty costs. It's very expensive. And the second thing is we got to get past the chip issue. We had a couple of really bad commodities that held up our most profitable units. And we think that's an area where we have upside in the second quarter, second half. Ford also confirmed last night it's going to cut 580 jobs as part of its ongoing turnaround plan. Uh, the reductions come largely in engineering as the automaker pivots from internal combustion engines to electric cars, which require different skill sets. We've got some news on Archegos Capital Management's founder. He is now free on bail after being formally charged yesterday over accusations of a massive stock fraud that led to his firm's meltdown. Bill Wang, along with Archegos CFO Patrick Halligan, were charged by federal prosecutors with racketeering conspiracy, securities fraud, and wire fraud. Now, both men have pleaded not guilty. Archegos collapsed, you might remember, last year when it was caught short on highly leveraged trades hitting Wall Street and sparking a fire sale in certain stocks, leading to billions of dollars in losses. All of this, Joe, raising all sorts of questions about derivatives, these total return swaps that they were using when they got to 5%. We saw the impact on Discovery stock last year that was in the middle of that Warner Media transaction. We didn't know it at the time, uh, but then also uh, CBS Viacom as well. And uh, this may turn out to be one of the largest white collar prosecutions that we've seen on Wall Street in quite some time. It reminded me of parking stock. Andrew, you know what I mean? When, when uh, in the old days, that's the way you used to do it. That got milking in trouble. And my favorite thing right. back then, you were a young fella, but uh, Boski wrote a book about. <laughs> he was so. I think it was called I Merger Mania. I've got yeah. a copy of the book. Yeah. it was called Merger Mania because he really probably worth something today. Yeah, he really was able to, you know, go through the weeds and identify undervalued situations. <laughs> it was just so funny that he wrote that and you know, was actually finding out about things before that. That's a, that's the best way to make money. If you can actually, but I just wonder where this case, the spider webs of this case, you have to imagine, you know, they're pleading not guilty. You imagine it goes to trial unless they somehow uh, plead guilty before then. And where does it go? Obviously, Morgan Stanley uh, played a role in a lot of these trades for them. There were lots of other banks. Uh, right. Were they lying to the banks? Unclear. What did everybody know? I think you're going to see a lot of stuff in Discovery you emails. Mean, who's in on, who's in on it and sort of, sort of understood what was actually happening and, and let it happen anyway. Right. Um, we were, I remember we were like looking at Viacom and thinking, wow, that's a, that must be a heck of a turnaround. A SpongeBob is a, whatever we, we were attributing it to. And I spoke to Zaslov at, at one point right. when Discovery, and I was kind of... Uh, just intimating, you know, that he had joined this new club. I'm not sure whether he did, but he must have been pretty close. It begins with a B at, at that one point. I don't know how much, I don't know whether he sold. I don't know how much, you know, I don't know his personal finances, but when, when it was at the highs, don't you think he was close at that point? Because we're friends. I've known I, him for I don't know 40, I don't know. personal I'm finances, not, but I think there were a lot of people who, made, who, were, who did sell during that, during that period. But that, I think that made it began with the well. B but there was sort of a meme. There was a view that there was a memification of those stocks. Right. And in truth, and it, wasn't, it wasn't Reddit. It was it this It wasn't guy. Reddit. It wasn't Reddit. It was uh, Bill Huang. Next on Squawk Pod, streamers, TV, the metaverse, and why Mark Zuckerberg is looking a little more confident with media watcher Rich Greenfield. They have greater confidence that while TikTok is certainly a major threat, that they are growing reels, 
They're investing in AI to make so it's not just about your friend's feed. Mad for Meta, right after this. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs. And the small dogs, who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. We're back with more Squawk Pod. Up and Andrew, Q. Welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Joe Kernan. Becky is off. It is just the boys this morning, but we've got a lot going on. Should we talk Facebook? Because this is uh, Nas. That's a big relief, Facebook. We didn't need another that's, Netflix or, or something like that. And, and that's the NASDAQ, 282. That's a big gain uh, for, for the NASDAQ indicated. Uh, it's a big gain. Why don't we, we'll tell everybody real quick what happened. Uh, shares of Facebook uh, meta platforms, as Joe just mentioned, soaring right now. That's on the back of this. Earnings at $2.72 last night per share. It was a beat estimates of two fifty six. Daily active users increased to $1.96 billion, up from $1.93 billion in February. But revenue growth of 7% marked the first quarter in Facebook's 10-year history as a public company. Uh, that growth hit single digits. So company forecasting current quarter growth that is stagnant at best could flip to a decline from the same quarter last year. On the earnings call, CEO Mark Zuckerberg attributed the slowdown to a range of factors, including privacy changes at Apple. That's something he's been complaining about for a while now. Softness in e-commerce and the popularity of short-term videos, which he says are harder to monetize. Now, despite today's gain, Facebook's still down more than 35% for the year. The other thing that was fascinating was just how much money they're spending on the metaverse, Joe. Really? Yeah. Well, you need to if it's meta platforms. I thought it was fascinating that they're going to not just show you, I'm not on Facebook, so I'm, you know, I'm probably not the person to, to talk about the Facebook experience, but you normally see a lot of stuff from the people you follow and your friends, as, as opposed right. to TikTok. TikTok tries to find things that they know you're going to want to see, and, and Facebook is somehow going to try to transition to that, I guess, in an attempt to, uh, to, to juice their, their engagement. So I guess that's been a problem. I mean, it's up 16%, Andrew, but it, it looks like most of the big cap tech stocks in terms of how it's performed this year, which is abysmally. And you know, so it was 350 all the way down to, uh, to under right. 200, so. You, are you not, I know you're on Twitter, though, and yeah, you, you don't block me, but I don't. I don't think you follow me. But no, no, I don't. But people on, send me are you your on stuff. Instagram? I don't need to see you. all my people. Send me your stuff. Um, you, I, are you on Insta? You're not on Insta. I'm not on Instagram, although I have an account that someone started, and so people, I apparently send stuff to it. I see. And I, I and I no, also have on real. Yeah, Reels Joe Kernan's like hair TikTok. is on. Joe Kernan's hair and might be on Instagram. Uh, I know that Joe Kernan's hair is on Twitter. 
suggesting new stuff for you now, and that's a, that's a new thing they do that they've been okay. doing. But um, what I was going to say is, I don't know if you saw, there was a tweet talking about Twitter last night. Tony Fidel, um, who helped build the iPhone at Apple, then built Nest, he said in Q1 alone, Meta's Metaverse Reality Labs operated at a loss of $2.96 billion. This is how, how much they're investing in this whole yeah. new universe. Last well, year, Reality Labs lost over $10 billion. And he says the iPhone didn't even cost $3 billion to build, let alone $13 billion. And then he says, effectively, a four-letter word, the metaverse. Mm. I, you, you have some positive uh, views about the, the future vis-a-vis the metaverse. I'm still waiting to sort of understand better. Maybe I've seen people, you know, with the goggles uh, taking golf swings and like knocking over flower pots and stuff. I, I, I don't. Here's what I. Here's what would appeal to me, Andrew. Hook up those electrodes to my muscles that that, that make them. You know, they I stimulate know. them so they grow. We all want that. We all and want put that. me in a. Yep. Let me lay down and have a workout yep. while I'm laying down. But I think I'm doing things. I'm with you. That, that would be good. Th- now that's worth investing in, Joe. That's worth investing There's in. There's some infomercials but not, for those devices. They, huh? they make them. There's some I, infomercials for those work? devices. They don't work. No pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. We know that about almost everything. There's no free lunches and no pain, no gain. And the endorphin buzz, I always thought of, of exercise as the opposite of like drugs. Drugs, you don't do anything. You take it and you feel good for a while, I guess, I'm told. And then you feel terrible. Opposite for exercise. You feel horrible for an hour and then the endorphins come in and then you feel great. That's a much better delayed gratification. It's much better than doing the instant gratification with alcohol, right? Am I right about that? You don't know either about it. You have no experience in... Uh... None. Joining us right now is Rich Greenfield, Lightshed Partners co-founder. I was just talking about, did you make that gift that I saw floating around with, with Mark doing a little bit of like a jig or a dance or something out there? No, a, a little bit of a Superman. I mean, you know, you sort of think about like Mark running into the, the phone booth like Superman did and coming out and, you know, going from Clark Kent into Superman. And the reason I, I did that is, you know, if you thought about Mark Zuckerberg on the fourth quarter call a couple months ago, he felt, if you were to think of one word, Andrew, it was vulnerable. Like Facebook, Meta looked vulnerable to TikTok. He just sounded, you know, he sounded flat-footed. He didn't sound excited. He sounded almost worried. Whereas this quarter, we got an entirely different Mark Zuckerberg, sort of the Mark Zuckerberg we're used to of, we know how to make these transitions. We've done this before. He never mentioned the word TikTok himself. He just had an air of confidence that was simply missing last quarter. And I, I can't completely explain it, but it was an entirely different Mark Zuckerberg. And I think his body language has a lot to do with why the stock is higher today. And you think that body language is, is a reference to just basic confidence in, in the future of the company and the business? Yeah, I think they have greater confidence that while TikTok is certainly a major threat, that they are growing reels they're investing in AI to make so it's not just about your friend's feed. It's more about any piece of content. You know, the way TikTok is less about who you follow and more just about servicing great content. They are clearly leaning into that aspect uh, of technology to change Facebook and Instagram for the future. But I also think that, you know, the other thing that investors are really excited about is, you know, that they're sort of understanding 
that they're not just, this is not a black hole tied to the metaverse, that there is sort of rational investor discipline, which you didn't hear about on the last few calls. It was, hey, we are going at this huge opportunity. We're going to spend aggressively. This quarter, it was, we're going to actually cut back on some of those investments because our revenue growth is slowing. We're facing headwinds economically, geopolitically. And that, you know, it reminds me back when Google, when Ruth came in and they started making some cutbacks to some of their investments that were less, more, more speculative. Investors love that. And I think investors love that sort of body language from Dave Weiner today. Rich, you just mentioned Ruth and you mentioned Google. Uh, they just had their earnings report the day prior. And there were a lot of concerns about the advertising piece on YouTube. Make the distinction between what you think's happened on YouTube in the past quarter and what's happening on Facebook. The ad market is slowing down radically. This is not about Facebook crushing advertising numbers. I mean, you just said it. The, the bottom end of their range is a decline of 4% in, in revenues year over year. The, the ad market is challenged. I mean, we're, we're looking at a, you know, increasing inflation fears, recession possibly in Europe and in the US. Like, there is definitely concern for the ad market. This is just expectations for Facebook were so low, less so about just the trajectory of advertising and more just about getting crushed by TikTok. I mean, the fear coming out of last quarter was they can't figure out how to keep up and TikTok is just eating their lunch. That is something where you feel like, okay, we can't fix the economic environment, the geopolitical environment. But as you move into 23 or 24, Facebook will grow again. And when you look at its valuation, this is trading at you know mid-teens earnings multiple, earnings multiple on 23, even with slower growth because of advertising that Google talked to as well. I think investors are going 175 was just too cheap. This has just been too penalized. Real quick, because we got we got to run. But on the advertising piece, more broadly, all of the media companies that you follow, everybody wants to get a piece of the advertising business now. Strategically, we're talking about this yesterday. We talked about Netflix. We talked about what Warner Media wants to do. Are they is is this strategic shift from subs to advertising happening at the wrong time? Insofar as you just said that we're starting to see weakness in that space. It's actually the irony of it. I mean, even Elon Musk is trying to get away from advertising on Twitter. I think consumers love sort of an ad-free experience or an ad-light experience. You know, I think, look, mobile mobile products that are free like Facebook and TikTok are very different than thinking about Netflix and Disney+. Plus. I'm still not convinced that when people are watching Netflix or watching their Disney Plus Frozen movies, they really want to be interrupted with repetitive, disruptive advertising, especially in a weaker advertising environment. But look, Andrew, the single biggest reason why everyone is looking at advertising is linear TV, notwithstanding CNBC, but linear TV broadly is in a lot of trouble, right? And so everyone's trying to figure out how do you reach consumers with brand messages? And so everyone is sort of thinking about how do you reach a consumer in 2022 and beyond? That's part of why advertisers are so fixated on this. Rich, I want to I'm going to mortgage. I'm going to take out second mortgages on my properties and buy Netflix. Am I wrong? Look, Netflix has been crushed more than any other reason and they don't they haven't said this but i think their own content has just not been good enough you know that for a no, long time true. it was netflix had a lot of content right. but it was just good enough and i think in this environment competitively good enough is no longer yeah but why good do enough. i need to know anything other than it was loved at seven at 700 and hated at at 191 why do i need to know anything other than that to to, to take a shot 
as long as you believe they're going to create compelling programming again, like must-see oh. programming, Past this price is too low. You, exactly. Expect- and so that's exactly the point, Joe. And so if you believe that the, the content is cyclical and not cyclical for any reason, but right. it just runs in cycles, this okay. is going to be well, a good place to own Netflix. I thought you would be jumping up and down and saying to buy because you love that company. Used to. I'm a little frustrated with the advertising approach because I don't think okay. consumers want advertising, right. but it's probably two years away and who knows if they actually even do it. Okay. Thanks, Rich. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod, a Musk-owned Twitter has tech employees less than thrilled. Will he run the company the same way that he tweets? Corn Ferry's Alan Guarino on Twitter's uncertain road ahead. Our prediction was because purpose is why people go to work today. Elon entering this company was going to be disruptive. We can say good or bad. How this company gets run is going to determine how many employees actually stay. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. A second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs and the small dogs who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Today with Joe Kernan, Andrew Ross Sorkin, and for the next few minutes, fellow CNBC anchor John Fort. Welcome back to Squawk Box this morning. Elon Musk uh, causing quite a bit of a stir, a Twitter, if you will, uh, yesterday. Now facing a backlash from Twitter employees over his online criticism of one of the company's executives. Musk tweeting Wednesday an image questioning the political bias of Twitter's top lawyer, leading some of his followers to post vulgar messages to her in response. According to the Wall Street Journal, Twitter employees asked in internal message discussions whether that move breached the terms of the deal to buy the company. The Journal saying the employees also questioned the silence of former CEO and co-founder Jack Dorsey, who relied uh, on uh, this lawyer to navigate issues around content and moderation. Uh, joining us right now is Tisdale Neely, uh, Harvard professor, a business professor at uh, in business administration and uh, senior administrative dean and faculty and research. And also uh, Alan Garino, uh, Corn Ferry vice chairman and CNBC's John Fort, all with us this morning. Uh, Tisdale, tell me, what, what, what do you think of this situation? I, I have to say, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised that Elon is doing this. But I am surprised. Um, and it just it, the whole thing seemed in, in bad, bad faith. Yes, I agree with you. You know, Elon Musk has proven himself as an extraordinary innovator, masterful in physics, engineering with cars, rockets and tunnels. But we have little evidence of his mastery of the social sciences to 
bring forward a social media company which is about the human experience and discourse about it and you're right poking at their top lawyers and uh, uh poking at their work model uh, critiquing their stance on free speech whether right or wrong at this early stage would freak out any employee today alan you think this is totally fair game and by the way do we think that this deal is even going to happen at this point. I mean, I, I you look at the, the stock price at 49 bucks. Part of me has, the, and I think the market thinks, maybe this whole thing is some kind of strange game. You know, Andrew, when, when this news broke, a lot of people were thinking about the financial you know, mechanics of the deal. We, we were thinking immediately about what, what we would, the, the talent aspects of the deal. And our prediction was because purpose is why people go to work today Generation Z, Generation I, driven more by purpose than by money, uh, Elon entering this company was going to be disruptive. We can say good or bad, but we did know it was going to impact the view of corporate purpose. And that's really what's bubbling up behind this. You know, our, our CEO's book, uh, The Five Graces, really talked about the humanization of the, of the world of work. Very different work environment than previous generations. So, yes, it is a big deal. How this company gets run is going to determine how many employees actually stay? Well, maybe he doesn't want them to stay. So that's the other part of this. John, what do you, what do you make of this? Uh, well, I think Elon's burning the place down. And there are a lot of people who think that the place should be burned down and something else should grow in its place. But th the usual incentives that an inquirer has uh, Elon doesn't have as an acquirer here. I don't think he's, as you referred to, trying to keep the whole workforce. I wouldn't be surprised if part of Elon isn't sure he wants to actually be responsible for Twitter because he might not like Vijaya. He might not like this lawyer, but he's going to need some lawyers. What lawyer is going to want to go work for Elon right now? I mean... Probably if you talk to the, to the lawyers who have to work for Elon at various companies, um, you know, they have a, a stressful life. So it, when you also then have to worry about whether he's going to turn on you on the platform that he hopes to own, that, that's, that can't be a good situation. But John, here's, here's the part I don't get. You know, last night he said, I want to make Twitter, you know, he's talking about free speech, but then he says, I want to make Twitter fun. And what I just don't understand is, to me, the easiest way for him to make it fun is to model grace and empathy and to, you know, tell his followers to have some sense of civility towards, towards others. And if, if he does that, by the way, he is a role model whether he likes it or not. If he acts aggressively, his followers and everybody else act aggressively. If he yeah. acts with civility and tells people he wants it to be a town square where people can have conversations and not feel like they're going to be made fun of and, and all of those types of emotions, he could actually have a great business. And I don't understand why he's, he's pursued this tact. Well, that's your idea of fun, Andrew, and that might be a lot of people's ideas of fun. But if you're the most popular kid in school, right, your idea of fun might be having fun with people in a way that's not fun for them. And we saw the way that, uh, you know, he went after Bill Gates over the weekend, right? He thought that was fun. I, I'm not sure Bill Gates thought it was as fun, but this is what uh, Elon wants people to feel freer to do, for it not to be as buttoned down. He thinks that's what Twitter's for. And if he owns it, then that's what Twitter will well be for. Said.
Well said, John. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I could use you here every day, I think, for just a reasonable sort of a, a just kind of a laid back explanation of, of what we're talking about I don't here. Joe, I don't I mean, understand. Gray, what's, Grace, what's, and, what, Andrew, your, your idea of what was it again that you said those two, Grace and, and civility? You've I been said on that if he, could, if he modeled civility and if he modeled Grace and it's empathy. It's not going to happen. It doesn't happen on I Twitter. I understand that, but if he did, wouldn't then it, it would be a be great bankrupt. place where a lot of people would, would want to spend bankrupt. time? I mean, the reason why, no, but from a business perspective, the reason why people aren't spending enough time there is because they feel they're being bullied. They feel it's not, uh, it's not a happy place. It's a negative place. It's a place where Schadenfreude. <laughs> but from a leadership standpoint, leaders have to model certain types of behaviors. They need to bring predictability. They need to motivate people. Instead, what he's provoking is uncertainty and anxiety. So the playfulness could be one thing as a user, but now as a uh, owner and until it closes the current leadership has to maintain operational continuity which will be very difficult to do if people are anxious worried about their livelihood worried about their income and these are existential threats for individuals and happening so publicly so um, you need to maintain calm as a leader so the fun yeah great as a user but as a leader you have to think differently so now we want to thank you alan john Appreciate it. Thanks for the civil conversation. Omaha thing coming up, right, Sorkin? That's where Becky, that's where we, we used to say she's on her way, I believe, to, to that. On uh, her way. What that's is where that, the action's going to be this weekend. Lala, the uh, Warren, Palooza, the Woodstock Buffett, of capitalism. Buffett, yeah, the Woodstock of Buffett, Palooza or, or something. Or um, what's that other uh, burning... Burning Buffett. It, it, it's like all those things thrown into one, isn't it? And and we're have we ever live stream the entire thing before? Nope. First time. CNBC.com/slash/Buffett. Check it out. To be good this Saturday to watch the annual meeting itself. The day kicks off at 9:45 a.m. Eastern time. There's a pregame show, the game, the halftime report, the game, and the after party, all on CNBC.com/slash/Buffett. And Berkshire shareholders, you still have time to submit your questions to our team. Becky will ask as many as she can this Saturday. So send yours through to BerkshireQuestions at CNBC.com. And that does it for the podcast today. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. To get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.